0: All right, welcome back to the Wally Pitt Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. And I'm Jake Sismandia. And we are back. Second semester, we're back. Jake's over the phone. He had some personal stuff that came up, uh, but next week he... uh, We'll be back in person next week. Yeah, we will be back in person next week. We've got a lot of off-season news. I mean, it was kind of prime time for us to take a break where we were slowing down on news when we left. And now that we're back... We are leading up into, a lot to catch up on. Yeah. We do have a lot to catch up on. I don't know if we're going to catch up all of it on this first episode, but we will be getting as much done this episode as we can. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to start off with. I mean, do, do you have any topics that you would like to personally start off with? I was thinking about the Tigers first. Yeah, we can start off
1: about the Tigers. But first, I mean, if you want to get into it, I know we're basically – so, obviously, those of you who listen to our podcast, you know we're, we're a baseball-based podcast. But, obviously, I think the Super Bowl should be the first topic of discussion.
0: All right. we I'm... did talk
1: a little bit about fantasy football. You know, it kind of ties into a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, you want to – ties in a little bit. So, I think, obviously, we should talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady.
0: Before we do that, though, speaking, we'll do our little fantasy uh, football closing segment for this uh, first episode back. Uh, yeah, I won the league, smoked everybody out of the water. See ya, but uh, Alvin Kamara kind of ran. He had sixty one points or something for me in championship week, and Josh Allen put up like two forty point weeks. We did a two week fan or a two week championship. It was a uh, it was a beautiful beautiful sight for me. Uh, Jake, I didn't really see what you finished in. I'm assuming you didn't finish. What was it like seventh or eighth?
1: Yeah, I struggled. Um, honestly, the last three, four weeks of fantasy, of fantasy season, I stopped paying attention, to be honest, because I knew I was out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I went up against Matt Rayfelt, RIP no longer with us here at Olivet College. He's on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I mean, we played him. I won, kind of smoked him, and it was a good win for me. But anyway, back yeah, to the you, Super Bowl. You deserved
1: Bowl. it. You, you drafted a really good team. I, I was kind of an underdog in the league, I think, and, you know, I, I, I went and got some trades and went out and tried to get some guys. And kind of helped a little bit, but in the long run, it wasn't enough. So, hopefully I'll be back and better next next fantasy season.
0: Correct. But anyway, back to Tom Brady. So, you have different opinions on Tom Brady than most people. I mean, uh, especially after this Super Bowl, it kind of changed. You know, I was always thinking that he really – I still kind of think this. I don't think he is – I think he is the greatest football player of all time, but I don't think he's mentally and physically the best quarterback that has ever played, if you kind of get where I'm coming from.
1: See, that's where we part with.
0: His physical ability think, is not better than, like, Aaron Rodgers, per se. But like, I
1: think his football IQ is the best of all time.
0: I could, uh, I yeah. Think, I can I see think that. Tom Br-
1: I mean, obviously, Tom Brady, and I think a lot plays into it. For me, you know, I, I've... I've I'm a huge Tom Brady fan because one, he's a Michigan man. He's a, in, when Tom Brady was drafted, he was drafted like in the sixth round, like 130th overall. So he was kind of drafted as like he was one of those guys like, all right, we're just gonna put him on our roster, we're gonna run him out there, see how he does. And now he had what well, he's played, I think he's played nearly 20 percent of all Super Bowls ever played, and he's won seven now. And what, what's cool is, yeah, Tampa Bay has Gronk now. They have Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown missed most of the season because he was dealing with, like, suspensions and stuff like that. Mike Evans has been a, a face of the franchise in Tampa Bay for a while. You know, you have guys like Scotty Miller, who nobody knows who he is. But Tom Brady goes into Tampa Bay, who was a 6-9 and nine team last year, and they now, what, they won 11 games this year, not including the playoffs?
0: They won, yeah, and they won their last eight, I believe yeah they won they won their yeah, last they day finished,
1: they won they finished the year 11 and 5 and it just goes to show you how good of a leader like a, a captain and a team guy tom brady is like yeah. he can go anywhere and change the morale and the, like the atmosphere of an organization and to me that's why i think he's the best quarterback and you know what no yeah he he is the best quarterback of all time like no dispute he he's won seven rings he's a he's up there in passing yards he's like 60 and 9 in games below like 40 degrees which is crazy it's a astro- astronomical astronomical i can't even say the word it's a crazy stat nonetheless and like i saw a stat the other day where steph curry i don't know if you saw this
0: oh i've seen it everywhere yeah. steph steph curry
1: shoots 43 percent from three and tom brady in his career has been to 40 like he's like 10 for 21 or something like that which No, was 10 like for 20
0: stat. he's 50 he's 50 percent now
1: yeah Which So, Tom Brady is more likely to make a Super Bowl than Steph Curry is to hit a three-pointer.
0: Also, I'm going to give you a really good fact that uh, my roommate, Dayton, shout out to Dayton, he gave me today. From Tom Brady's third Super Bowl to his tenth Super Bowl, Calvin Johnson, former uh, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, has been drafted, retired, and inducted into the Hall of Fame from Tom Brady's third to tenth Super Bowl
1: that's crazy holy crap wow
0: that one that one was like holy cow like any yeah. i swear to god he just keeps getting better and his physical age, shape is just age. impeccable at the age yeah, of 42 almost age. or 43 almost 44 or 42 almost 43 it's just insane
1: and i remember uh, i think at the at the podium a couple of nights ago after you know tom brady won his seventh super bowl title he was asked if he was if he wanted to play past his 45th forty fifth year of age, and he was, like, a down on my mind.
0: Yeah, and I also liked all the videos of him in the locker room just, like, packing his stuff up while everybody else was partying. It's like, yeah, this man, I mean, it he's, means he's, he's something to him, that. but it just doesn't really mean it. It's just one more game to him.
1: Exactly, because Tom Brady treats, I think, just because of the competitor and athlete that he is, like, he treats every game, I think, to me, like it's a Super Bowl. And... So and obviously he's been there, done that. He's been in the league for twenty plus seasons, and you know he he's just like that's just another win under my belt. We're gonna come back better, better next year, and that's why I love Tom Brady is because he's never satisfied. He's always hungry for more.
0: Yeah, and after watching that Super Bowl, it kind of made me be like, he's a lot better, and he's he's probably one of the he is the greatest of all time. I have some other opinions on physical ability, but right, he's he still is probably the he. I mean, he's almost competing for the greatest athlete of all time so
1: yeah he's up there like when I think of GOAT greatest of all time Tom Brady is honestly the first person that comes to my name or comes to my mind excuse me obviously you can think like a lot of people are gonna say Michael Jordan or LeBron James or whoever else but for me and like and two nights ago Sunday night I think for me cemented it like he was already a legend don't get me wrong Tom Brady's already a legend the fact that he went to a new organization he brought Gronk back into the league he, he cemented his legacy when he won two nights ago.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. Yeah, so to, to move on from our Super Bowl segment, I think we're gonna move into a segment that we kind of fizzled out, we talked about for a while, it was the uh, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer mm-hmm. segment of our podcast where we go in depth about you know what he's been up to, and we've covered yeah. it in a bunch of other podcasts, but he finally signed he won to Cy Young he finally signed with a team, and it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Am I happy about that? No, not one yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not happy either. However, I think it's a good spot for him, especially with the media stuff that he's doing. I still root for him to have the best success. Do I root for the Dodgers to have success? No. But I think that – I think it's a good fit for him. I think it's a good fit for what he's trying to do. I think he lost quite a bit of his fan base that he had before. And uh, – well.
1: For me, and I think the only reason why Trevor Bauer went to LA is yeah, they have a winning culture there. But at the same time, he went for the money,
0: dude. Not, I mean, there's three
1: what, what two years, 120 million or something like that. Yeah, he
0: gets paid 45 million dollars his first year, 40 million his second year, and then seven million his third year. But he can opt out after any season.
1: Really, I did not know he had the ability to do that.
0: Yes. So who knows? He could win a ring goodbye wow
1: I mean good for him I guess like but at the same time Dodgers I I'm not I'm not a Dodgers fan and they just they just showed me what like and everybody else like you guys should not be Dodgers. like anybody who's listening right now should not be a Dodgers fan just because of the fact that like they have the money to get anybody they want and they just show that they can get the best pitcher in the game and like it makes me like they're it's kind of turn it's not turning into the NBA but they're, like, building, like, super teams, kind of. I don't know if you agree.
0: No, like I 100% agree, especially even with, like, the Padres. You think the Padres, yeah. they had, like, the best farm system in, in, the, in the MLB for, like, two or three years prior to last year, and then they start to get good with all these young players, and then it's just, who can we get in here that's going to cost a lot of money that's going to help our team? What superstars, what five superstars can we get in here? So what they get? Darvish, Snell... Um, yeah,
1: they got Braverman. Now, honestly, I don't know who. Like, they're basically building up the rotation. I know Mike Clevenger is going to miss like the entire year because he had like Tommy John. But I know they have like Chris Paddock in the rotation is pretty good. Yeah. Zach Davies, who's all right. He pitched pretty well in sixty game season last year. So, I mean, all the Padres are doing is trying
0: to compete with the Dodgers in the NL West. I mean, that's and they
1: have, and they have the ability to do it. Pitching, obviously, is going to be big for them. And, I mean, without Mike Clevenger, it's going to, it's going to suck. But at the same time, going out and getting Blake Snell and Yu Darvish was major for the Padres.
0: No, and that it, it's really going to be one of those. I feel like the next few years are going to be just good, solid, fun baseball to watch between those two. I think there's absolutely. going to be a lot of They're great be, games. I think there's going to be quite a few brawls out of that as well, and we're going to have a rivalry that we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Absolutely, I agree. Yeah,
0: and then moving on to the to our hometown Tigers, made a few few moves that kind of honestly surprised me a little bit.
1: We signed Robbie Grossman. Yep. Re, then we signed, re-signed Johnson Scope. That's. And yep. then we signed catcher from the Mets, Wilson Ramos.
0: Yep, Wilson Ramos. That's who I was thinking of for some reason. That name just blanked. But yeah, the I think the Scope one kind of was the one that I was expecting the most out of all of them. I mean, he put together a good, decent year for the Tigers, and we have no other second baseman. So that was our one option was to go out and re-sign him. The Wilson Ramos one was honestly a pretty good one because Jake Rogers is definitely not ready for the bigs yet. I mean, not ready for everyday catching. I know he's not. You saw it last year. It's just, I mean, he'll get time and he'll get a lot of it. He's just not ready for 152 games. As a catcher, or 130, just depending on how much they play.
1: However many it is, he's not ready for it yet. No. And once he is, that'll be he'll be exciting to watch because he's definitely got a good bat and he's definitely got the capabilities. But Wilson Ramos is a veteran; he's experienced, and I think he's gonna go out there and help us win some games. That's yeah. obviously why we signed him. So.
0: Even the Grossman one, I think that one's a really good one he's... i think
1: i think the Grossman signing is a little under the radar like he's not great he's not bad like he's a utility guy like we can put him anywhere in the outfield and he'll play there uh kind of like a corner outfielder he, he started his career i think in minnesota and he played for houston or something then he played in minnesota for a little bit then he was in oakland and now he's here so he's always been in the american league so he's he's comfortable in this in this uh division and i think he he'll He'll hit okay i know he's not like a great average guy but he, the power numbers are relatively there so i know he'll drive the ball out of the park a little bit and you know it's always nice to have that and he's just i think he's a switch hitter as well
0: so he uh hopefully can do some damage from both sides yeah i mean he's a solid defender too so there's no issues yeah. there absolutely yeah and then uh going to other big moves that happened this off season I mean, we can go – I'll start off with the Springer move to uh, Toronto. I think that was a very solid move for them. I think that kind of brings those young guys – I mean, Springer's still young, but it kind of shows, like, how these top prospects are supposed to come up and work because Houston dealt with the same thing where it was Springer, Correa, Altuve. I mean, the list goes on from them. Where they had all these young studs coming up, and they showed how they can win a World Series, was it the correct way to win a World series? No however they he has the experience of how to get these young players to be the best that they can be. So I think that's a really good sign for them for them to have a strong leader, especially on the offensive side.
1: George Springer's always been a decent bat like he's he hasn't had really had a year where he struggled and don't get me wrong obviously there's that whole scandal thing that happened in houston but at the same time the kid's still a good hitter and i know he's going to be a great a plus plus defender and outfield too for toronto he'll be their leadoff, off their lead off guy their everyday center fielder so honestly that was a huge move for toronto to go out and get him and then the break like i just saw on uh, on social media breaking news that the uh, marlins just signed signed uh adam duvall to a one-year contract as well so he's leaving atlanta to go to miami and then the big one for me, like the biggest one for me, not I mean, obviously there's the Trevor Bauer deal, there's a the Corey Kluber deal where Corey Kluber, the the former Indian former Rangers now in New York. That's gonna their rotation's gonna be crazy with Garrett Cole, Luis Saverino, Corey Kluber. Um Masahiro Tanaka's gone. I know that. Yeah. Bet
0: Japan, Japan. That's gonna be tough for the New
1: York, but honestly, they're pitching strong enough to carry. But the big one for me is Francisco Lindor going to the Met, going to the Mets.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent, I could not agree with you more. There, I mean, he was
1: kind of the face of the franchise, like Mister Smile, like face of the franchise in Cleveland. And I think I don't know. I know Cleveland got uh, Andres Jimenez, who's like one of the better shortstop prospects in baseball from the Mets, and he started a few games for the Mets this year or this past season. But Francisco Lindor is literally one of the best hitters in baseball right now. And like one of the like when you think of MLB baseball, you want like one of the guys you think of is Francisco Lindor
0: yeah and
1: like that was a big big acquisition for the mets because he i think he's also a switch hitter he's lefty dominant and you know there's a short port there's not as short of a porch in right field as there is at like yankee stadium or anything like that you know the porch is shorter than right at city field so he's gonna hit some bombs there and he's also gonna rake he's always raked in uh He's just the Mets are, are going to be a team to watch this year, especially with their pitching rotation.
0: No, and I think they're they're on a that was a great sign for them, or yeah, a great trade for them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Cleveland got back some pretty good prospects. But uh, one trade that really caught my eye this off season, and I don't know how in depth you looked at it, was the Arenado trade. I think, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals stole him from. Uh, Colorado. Colorado. I think he they well, literally just straight up stole him. I think it was a really bad deal. I mean I think they got fifty million too. Yeah, they got fifty million and Arenado to help pay and they didn't even give up any like of their top the Cardinals didn't give up any of their top eight prospects. So like in it's, their yeah, organization, not even in the MLB, the their organization. So they gave him like it might have been their eighth yeah. prospect, and then a few other guys that were trickling down in their system. So it was really weird to me how that worked out, and I was just kind of really confused when I ended up seeing the details. I was thinking that the Cardinals were gonna to have to give up a lot, but apparently they would not budge on that. So I don't know. It really it caught my eye.
1: Colorado's thinking a little
0: bit. Yeah, I, I have I no what idea. They're
1: trying to do, but I guess we'll find out. I mean. I- we're not the ones running the organization,
0: so. No, that's why we're sitting here talking into a microphone, complaining about other people's decisions that we have no control over. I mean, yeah, and then the uh, also the Jock Peterson one. I think that was a pretty good move for uh, yeah. uh, the Cubs. Chicago. Yep, I think that was a good yeah, move for cool. them. I think that's they needed cool. a little a bit of a, a revival of what 2016 was for them. So I think they might yeah, make it to the playoff again, playoffs again, but uh, who knows.
1: Yeah, I was kind of really hoping Trevor Bauer would have gone to the Mets because they would have had DeGrom, Sittergard, and Trevor Bauer, as well as Matt Stroman.
0: Yeah. Imagine that rotation. And then, uh, yeah, I just, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how that all works out. And
1: Same here, man. Same here.
0: Yeah. And then our last trade that I would like to talk about, we both like to talk about, would be the Kike Hernandez trade to Boston or signing oh, yeah. with Boston. I think, it was a, uh, I think it was a good move for them. I think they also have had... Well, I mean, they were, did god-awful last year.
1: Well, they were last in the East, I think,
0: right? Yes. I mean, just brutal yeah. offense, and that's, and brutal that's the defense, brutal order. pitching. I mean, yeah, they're they're... I mean, New York is just a powerhouse right now, so there's not a shot that they even take that division. However, you never know. But in my eyes, there's not even... I don't know. I don't even think they're going to make a wild card, but... I think the Kike Hernandez signing was a very good one for them and makes them in a good position to hopefully rebuild or even trade him for something bigger in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a bat that will I I think they only signed him to a one-year, right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, he's I'm, obviously this year is totally based on his performance. I think if he does well this season, it's around 300, drives in some, some runs, I think. There's a good possibility the Red Sox could resign him, or at the trade deadline trade him for a couple good good bats or good arms.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's their, honestly their best option. They don't really have much of a farm system right now either, so it's right, kind of right. big. And then time I think, are they still
1: trying to look Ben trade uh, Benintendi as well or
0: no? Yes, I uh yeah, I've seen mixed things on him. I've seen things saying like I saw a thing from MLB Network saying that they wanted to trade him, but then I've also heard reports from like his his agent's people or something like that saying that he was not going to be traded so
1: yeah it's i think it's like 50/50 i'm going to guess like cuz i've seen a lot of stuff where they've they've been like ben and Bendy, we're going to trade Benintendi for this player this player this player and then i've seen things where they've been like kind of holding back
0: on Benintendi. so i think it's honestly up in the air that's how i view it so yeah and i think uh i think that's where we're going to close this episode out as we said, we got a lot to touch on this off season. Still have stuff to touch on for the next episode. But we will be back in person next week. Posting on Tuesdays at six o'clock. Sorry, this episode went up a little late. However, we will be posting Tuesdays at six o'clock. And we'll be posted, brought to you by WOCR eighty nine one the one. And yes, we uh yeah, we're gonna be back next week talking baseball, talking some other stuff. We'll see what Comes up in news, sports news, whatever, this and that. But yeah, any last words? No, just stay, stay safe out there. Yeah, make sure you guys are following precautions. And yeah, this has been the Wally Pit Podcast, presented by Ryan and Jake. Have a great day.